Welcome to the 2019 Le Tour de France podcast. Three grueling weeks of racing, a total of five summit finishes over three and a half thousand kilometres. Join Lucas as he keeps you in touch so you don't miss a second of the action. Hello and welcome, bonjour and bienvenue to a new year of the Tour de France podcast in 2019. I'm excited to be bringing you the podcast every day, daily updates and any news that comes out including abandons and crashes will be reported right here on this podcast that you're listening to right now and without further ado, let's get straight into it. We're going to talk about the favourites of this year's tour and some of the stages to look out for. Before we talk about some of the favourites, uh, let's just, it has to be announced that Chris Froome will not be riding this year's tour. The four-time winner crashed out of the Dauphiné on the Stage 4 recon of the time trial, injuring his leg, getting rushed straight to hospital, and when he was in hospital, one of the first things he did was go on his phone and tweet out to everyone that he will not be riding the tour. So I'm making that clear that Froome is not riding, and another Big GC contender out for the start line at Le Tour is the Dutchman, former world time trial champion Tom Dumoulin, not making a start this year after he crashed in the Giro, hurting his knee. Uh, he tried to ride through the pain at the Dauphiné, but the team pulled the pin and called it, saying Dumoulin is not fit enough to ride for the Tour. So Team Sunweb are probably going to try focus on the green jersey with Michael Matthews and maybe try go for a few stage wins, but... With these two big GC guys out of contention, there is a lot of big shoes to fill on that podium. And there's no need to stress if you're a Team Ineos fan with Chris Froome crashing out. There's certainly more firepower where that came from. You've got Geraint Thomas last year's Tour winner, who was clearly the best climber last year. And out of all the favourites this year, he's probably the best time trialist. So that's going to suit him. Team Ineos are also very good at the team time trial. Um, they've also got the young Colombian, Egan Bernal, who is a superb climber. We've seen his bike handling skills in the Tour de Suisse. He won that Tour de Suisse. Um, he's excellent descender as well. Uh, the new generation of Colombian cycling is extremely strong, and Team Ineos is going to be the team to beat again for 2019. And moving on to the other climbing Colombian in the peloton, and that's Nairo Quintana. We all know and love him, along with the Movistar trio of Mikel Landa and the world champion Alejandro Valverde. I can see these guys opening up on stage 14 of the Col de Tourmalet. Uh, Movistar might lose a minute to Team Ineos on the team time trial, and Quintana, we know time trial is not his strong point. So I can imagine him being a minute and a half, two minutes down to the likes of Geraint Thomas after that. But as soon as we get to stage 14, the Movistar organisers will be planning every single attack. Valverde, Landa, Valverde, Landa, Valverde, Landa. They're going to be wearing the Ineos boys down until Quintana sets free. He doesn't have to worry about Chris Froome. He's free. He will set free. Only 113 kilometers long. The tempo will be on from the start and it will be on until the finish line. And with three more days in the Alps after stage 18, it is going to be exhilarating to watch. I want to talk about Jakob Fuglsang because I believe the Danish man is in career best form this year and he doesn't have the added pressure like Nairo Quintana does. He won Liège-Bastogne-Liège earlier. Uh, he's won his second ever Criterium de Dauphiné ahead of the likes of Bardet, Thibaut Pinot, Richie Porte. He is in scintillating form and has the team around him all focused on that one goal, and that is the top step at Paris. And I believe he's determined. He's got the goal set of the yellow jersey, and he is going to go. He's a great time trialist. We all know he's a great climber. We've seen him at the Dauphiné, and he looks really solid on the descents. I think this tour really suits Fuglsang. 
and this one could be his year. His form is peaking into July. He's timed it perfectly. Well done to Team Astana. Can they back it up with a yellow jersey? All right, it's time to talk about the French climbers. We'll start off with Roman Bardet, who's finished second in the Tour before. We know time trialling is not his strong point, and the team trial, team time trial will not suit AG Tour at all compared to the likes of Team Ineos. But um, the team time trial being on Stage 2 and the individual time trial on Stage 13 is probably a good thing for Bardet that they're earlier on. Get them out of the way. Let's say he's two minutes behind. After that, he's got the Tourmalet, he's got the Alps, he's got all the mountains in front of him in his French backyard to go attack. And he, he has to set free as well as Quintana will. They're all going to go flying on these mountains because they will most likely be behind after a couple of time trials. So it's going to be exciting to see Bardet really going for it in the mountains this year with his French supporters cheering him on all the way to the top. And the other Frenchman in the general classification is Thibaut Pinot. And his his career, like Quintana's, peaked really early when he was young. And then he had a bit of a rough patch. We saw him um, have a little temper tantrum in the Tour de France in 2014 on the cobbled stage where he threw his bike. And then ever after that, um, he just wasn't the same. He wasn't climbing with the same panache. But this year at the Dauphiné, he showed something that I haven't seen in Thibaut Pinot for a long time. He climbed better than Bardet. He time-trialed excellent. I think he finished in the top 5 or top 10 of the time trial. He is in career-best form, just like Fu was saying. He's won races this year. He is peaking towards July, and he has got the team and support around him. He's got these fellow Frenchman David Gordeau to help him in the mountains. It's a different year for Pinot. He's not on his own. This is going to be a year he's focusing on that elusive yellow jersey. And the other Frenchmen, Warren Barguil and Julien Alaphilippe, what a battle those two are going to have in the mountains. Obviously, Barguil wearing the French national colours after winning the championship a couple weeks ago. But the polka dot jersey race, that is really going to be heated up by those two. It's going to be awesome to watch the Frenchmen flying around in their home country, trying to pick up them points at the top of the mountains. It is going to be awesome. And moving on to the Australian, my favourite, my hometown hero, Richie Port. He w he's in his best chance to win it this year without Chris Froome. Again, he doesn't have that added pressure of Froome in the back of his mind. But, you know, he just has to have luck go his way. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he gets past Stage 9. But once he gets to Stage 13, ITT, the individual time trial, then we hit the mountains. I am so excited to see Port throwing the cat amongst the pigeons along with the likes of Bardet, Pinot, Quintana, ex-teammates like Garrett Thomas and against the Colombians. It is going to be awesome to watch Richie Port going for it. And I believe in him. He's had a lot of a quieter season compared to the other races. Obviously, last year he won the Tour de Suisse. But this year he's come to it very quiet, training on his own up in the mountains. And he's got a very strong team for the flatlands. Not so much for the high country, but... He's used to being on his own up in the mountains. The team like Kunda Court, they will protect him on the flatlands. I don't expect Richie Port to get broken off in the echelons. But his team, Trek Segafredo, have to ride a good team time trial. And Richie has to ride a good individual time trial himself. Uh, his weakness might be his descending, but I can imagine that he's been working on that. And all things go well, Richie will win yellow this year for Trek Segafredo. That's the goal. I just want to briefly mention stage 6. The summit finish to La Plange de Belfi. Uh, we've been to the La Plange de Belfi plenty of times in the last 10 years, with Joachim Rodriguez being a previous winner off the top of my memory. But this year, it has changed. They've added a gravel section for a kilometre, and then after that, 
it kicks up to 24%. The original plunge to bell fee is just 20%. So I imagine that already the steepest hill in the tour has got an extra 4%. And because of this steep gradient, the time gaps are going to open up like nothing else. And only stage 6, we could see the top of the leaderboard broken up by minutes. Who can I see winning this stage? Maybe the likes of the world champion, Alejandro Valverde. Maybe Julian Alaphilippe, maybe Thibaut Pinot, someone that has got the panache to leave it all on the road and push themselves in the red zone for the longest because it's incredibly steep and there's definitely a technique to riding this. We're going to be going over gravel, which a lot of them aren't used to, and the plunge developed feet, it's in the Vosges region of mountains, so not many riders actually do train there because it's not really high altitude training. So the French riders definitely have an advantage because it is in their backyard and it is the region of Romain so expect one of the Frenchmen to go up that climb in first position. Alright, enough about the climbers. It's time to talk about the sprinters. And on stage one, Grand Depart in Brussels and finishing in Brussels, it is going to be carnage. Everyone is going to want that yellow jersey for their sprinters team. All the GC riders are going to want to ride at the front because the road furniture in Belgium is not fun. The pressure is going to be on. It's going to be stressful. The first few days are always stressful of the tour. It's where most of the crashes happen. It's not fun to say, but I can see carnage happening on this first day. There could be added wind as we are in the flatlands. All this stress will be playing on the back of the climbers' minds just to get through until stage 13. Their team will be there to help them in the flatlands, but once they reach the mountains, they will be setting free and the show will be on. Caleb Ewan is my pick for the first wearer of the yellow jersey. My fellow Australian, it would just be a dream. It's his debut tour. He's been waiting three years for Michelin Scott to include him in the Tour de France. They didn't do it. They wanted to have their GC win, but they never got that. So he swapped over to a Belgium team, Lotto Soudal. Grand Depart in Belgium, in Brussels. It would just be a dream come true for the Australian. He said it in an interview that he wants to wear this yellow jersey for a day. Peter Suggin is obviously my pick for the green jersey. He's everyone's pick. He's won that thing six times. Every time he finishes the race, he wins the green jersey. But I reckon he's got some hot competition this year with Walt Van Aert as he's a really, really good climber. We saw him in the Dauphiné winning that green jersey in a couple sprint stages, but expect him to be a cat amongst the pigeons on the hilly stages. He's got a cycle across background. Uh, we are going over gravel this year, but that's probably going to be too steep for Walt. Walt Van Aert, shout out to you. I'm expecting you to win some stages. If not, you're still a bloody awesome rider. Alright, predictions, predictions, predictions. Who's going to win that coveted yellow jersey? For some reason, I've got a gut instinct that Jakob Fuglsang is going to win the Tour this year. For some reason, his mind is just really set on that one goal. And his team's there to support him. Team Astana. I feel like they're going to do it this year, but if not Fuglsang, it's going to be one of the team Ineos boys, either Egan Bernal or Geraint Thomas. Green jersey, I want to stick with Sagan. The polka dot jersey for the King of the Mountains, I expect to go to the defending champ, Julian Alaphilippe. He won that category in the Dauphiné. He's in great climbing form. We all know he can descend. And for the best young rider, that's got to go to Egan Bernal. Thank you so much for listening to the first podcast of the year and for many more to come. Stay in tuned and subscribe. If you like what you're listening to and you want to hear more, go follow my Instagram at Tour de France 2019 and keep up to date during this year's tour. Thank you so much for listening. Abiento, I'll see you tomorrow for the results after stage one.